Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5 and meet me at verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. John says here, the elder, says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Somebody say, our faith. Over the last several weeks, we have been talking about faith in God and what it means to have faith in God, what it means to walk in faith, and what it means to please God. And uh, as we've been talking about walking in faith, my desire is for us to increase in our walk with God, to increase in our confidence with God and increase in our trust in God. Because I believe over the next season of our lives, we are going to have an opportunity to have difficulty. Uh, there, There will be opposition. There will be adversity, but this verse tells us that faith overcomes the world, that our faith can cause us to supersede and overcome any opposition, any adversity, and any decision. An act of faith gives us the ability to overcome, and that doesn't mean we won't go through anything. We will go through things, but our faith in God gives us the ability to overcome anything that we go through. And so we have to have faith in God because faith in God is the victory uh, that overcomes the world. We understand that the world is a godless society. The world is a philosophy, a way of thinking that is in opposition to Jesus Christ. Anytime you see the word world, especially in the book of 1 John, it's going to talk about a society that, uh, that opposes God. Now, if you see the word earth in scripture, that talks about land, territory, ground, so on and so forth. You know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, talking about the territory. But the world is a godless system that is opposed to God. And I believe the voice of the world is the media. I do. I believe the media... Uh, is the voice of the world because he who controls the media controls the population. And so we've got to make sure that our confidence is not in the world, that our confidence is in the word. Let me say it again. Our confidence is not in the world. Our confidence is in the word because the word is incorruptible seed, always producing, never decays, always works. It's the word of God and the word of God is eternal. It's ever living. And the world is going to stop. The world is going to end. The world is going to come to a close. But the word always prevails, always wins. So our confidence is in the word. And John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And so our confidence is in the word. Our confidence is in God. Our confidence is in Jesus. Our confidence and our assurance is not in the world. We're going to have tribulation in the world, but our confidence is not in that. Our confidence is in God. If God said it, when my old Baptist church, Mount Olive Baptist Church, they used to say it all the time. If God said it, that settles it. 
Amen. And they added, you know, over time, I believe it. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. And so our confidence has to be in the word of God. In Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so faith is going to come by hearing and hearing the word of God. How does faith come? Hearing and hearing the word of God. How does faith come? Hearing and hearing the word of God. We have to continuously hear the word of God. We've got to hear the written word of God. We've got to hear the preached word of God. We've got to hear the rhema, spoken word of God. Faith is going to come by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you are struggling in your faith, in your confidence, in your trust, and in your assurance with God, the remedy is hearing more word. Let me say it again. If you're struggling in your confidence with God, is God going to take care of me? Am I going to be taken care of with coronavirus out here? Am I going to be taken care of with uh, people losing their jobs? Am I going to be taken care of with different variants of COVID? You're going to have to hear the word of God to get the confidence in the word of God. And you got to get a verse, like a verse that we're standing on our family, Psalms 91, 7. Thousand may fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but it shall not come come near me, shall not come near us. We've got a word from God, and so our confidence is found in the word of God, not in anything else except what God's word says. Everything else will fail. Everything else will decay. People will let you down. People will lie to you, but the word of God is ever-living And the word of God never lies to us. So we're going to have to put our confidence in the word of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 5, verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. What does that mean? We walk by our confidence in the word of God and not by what we see. Not by what we see. The opposite of faith is sight. And if you continue to look at what you see, you will want to quit. Let me say it again. If you continue to look at what you see, or let me say it this way. If you only look at what you see, you you will want to quit. I want to quit. Lord, just take me to heaven. I'm done. My time is up. I'm ready to go. I just want to quit because you're only looking at what you see. But what you have to remember, and I might teach on this later on, that what you see with your natural eyes is subject to change. It's temporary. It's only momentary. It is subject to change. So what you believe found in the word of God is eternal. It's eternal. And what makes it eternal is God is everlasting. Glory to God. And so we walk by faith, not by sight. Say this after me. I walk by faith. Not by sight. The opposite of faith is sight. So what you're seeing with your natural eyes, you can change that by walking by faith. What you're seeing or hearing with your natural ears can be changed simply by walking by faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, For without faith, it is impossible To please God. Without faith, it is impossible 
to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to take a moment to talk about this verse for a second. Without faith, or you could say apart from faith, or the absence of faith. Without faith, it is impossible. The absence of faith is going to cause it to be impossible to please God. Not hard to please God. He didn't say without faith it's hard to please God. He said without faith it's impossible. You can't do it to please God. So outside the realm of faith or the absence of faith, it is impossible to please God. And so we said that faith is confidence, trust, assurance. It begins where the will of God is known. It, it never runs away from a fight. It overcomes the world. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It, it works by love. And now we find out, but without it, we're not going to be able to please him. And so that tells me that you can't accidentally please God. <laughs> You're going to please God intentionally because it's going to have to include the faith of God in order to please him. And faith is an act. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. We've said in the past that believing is the lowest form of faith because even the demons believe and they tremble. We're going to have to actually have enough confidence to act on what we believe. So faith is an action word. Faith is corresponding action. Faith is movement. Faith is a reaction. Faith is a response. It's going to require some form of an act if you are truly walking by faith. Here's the other thing with faith, though, that you got to remember Faith also will cause you to stay right where you are, listen to me, if you are already in the will of God. Uh, because there's so many temptations to quit, but faith will cause you to stay right where you are. So many temptations to get out of your marriage, but faith will cause you to stay in your marriage. So many temptations to quit tithing or coming to church, but faith will cause you to continue to tithe and to continue to come in church. So many temptations to maybe even leave your job. I just hate my job, but you know God wants you on that job. Faith will cause you to hang out and stay with that position because you are trusting God. But without it, it's impossible to please God. So let me submit this to you, that without action, it's impossible to please God. Without acting on what you believe, it's impossible to please God. Without responding to what you believe, it's impossible to please God. Matter of fact, real quick, in James chapter 2, I believe it's verse 17. James chapter 2, verse 17. I like it in the Passion Translation. It says, so then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. Faith that doesn't involve action is phony. Now take a look at me. So in essence, if we want to please God then we're going to have to act on what we believe. We're going to have to act on what we say we believe. We're going to have to act on the word of God and act like the word of God is true. Let me say that. We're going to have to act like the word of God is true. We're going to have to act like the word of God is true. In the past, I've heard people say, I believe, but... No, no, no. You're not acting like the word of God is true with statements like that. You're going to have to act like, man, that's what the word of God says. 
I grab a hold of that. I'm going to have to act like that word is true in my life because when you act like the word is true in your life, that pleases God. That's what pleases God. Now listen, uh, receiving the end of your faith is not what that verse says pleases God. The manifestation of your faith or whatever you believe in God for, that verse doesn't say that that pleases God. Like, well, I've been believing God to, to, to no longer have back pain and, and I've been doing the things in the natural and trusting God in his word in the spirit realm and I no longer have back pain. Hallelujah, you're pleased by that. But it didn't say God was necessarily pleased by that. He's actually pleased by you acting like you believe his word. Ooh, are you getting what I'm saying? So it, it, what's pleasing him is, although they haven't received that back healing yet, they're acting. Like that word is true. That's pleasing God. Although they haven't received that financial prosperity yet, they're acting like the word is true. And that's pleasing God. Although they haven't seen the promise of what God has, of what, what I've given them. If God's saying I've given them this promise, they haven't received it yet. They're acting like that word is true, and they are going on. Like Romans 4 said, Abraham, you remember it said there that he did not waver at the promise of God. He was steadfast. Now, he's pleasing God for what? I think it was 25 years we're waiting on the promise of God. But he's acting like the word is true. That is what pleases God. And so I want you to understand that when you begin to act like God's word is true, and you get a little uncomfortable and you get a little nervous. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm walking on the water here. I don't know what's going to happen. That's when God is pleased. Saying, you know what? They're acting like the word is true. Also, when you stay and every temptation it is to quit, every temptation it is to leave, all the temptations that are pressing on you to, to do other things that God's not telling you to do. But you stay and you remain, even though everybody else is doing something different, you remain that's acting like God's word is true, and that's what pleases God. Come on, somebody, say, faith pleases God. Faith. Now, let's go back there to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, real quick. Let's take a look again, Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, so without faith, it's impossible to please him. Watch this. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's pause there and let's, let's dissect this verse. First, we must believe that God exists. I mean, so there are many people that have no faith, and they'll, you, you know these folks. Uh, they may, oh, man, something's going on with my sister-in-law, and I know you trust God. Can you go to God on my behalf? Well, I would appreciate, yeah, I would love to pray for you, but you're going to have to believe that God exists. You're going to have to believe that God can, can do this. You're going to have to release faith as well and act as if God can do it, and not just a hoping and a wishing, but I know my God can do this, and I've got to believe that he exists. You know what I mean? People don't believe that God exists. They don't believe, it. well, well this verse is, is not applicable for them if they don't believe that God exists. we got to believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder. Ooh, I love that word, rewarder, of those who diligently seek him. And so we're acting like the word is true. We're, we're acting like God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step and act like that word is true. He tells us here in this verse, the writer of Hebrews, that God is a rewarder. That means God will pay you. 
<laughs> God will compensate you. In some cases, God will give you reparations. It means he'll pay you back. God will reward those, watch this, who are diligently seeking him or who are acting like his word is true. He's going to reward you. What is he going to reward you with? What you are believing him for. Hallelujah. I'm going to be rewarded with what I am believing him for because God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we're going to have to act like the word is true. In John chapter 4, let's go there real quick. I want to give you an example here that we find in Scripture. Let's look at verse 46. John chapter 4 and verse 46. And let's dissect this story here of the nobleman's son. It says, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee in verse 46, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now look at me here for a second. A nobleman is like a royal official. A nobleman is like a, um, a government worker or in our vernacular or in our language or jargon, a nobleman would be a politician. This is a politician. So he carries with, it, with himself clout. He carries with himself, you know, a following. Uh, people know who he is. And uh, his son is sick at Capernaum. Now, not to go too deep, but we understand that Jesus' ministry was based out of Capernaum. So the nobleman lives in Capernaum. The, his son is there at Capernaum. So this is Jesus' home. But look at verse 47. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judah into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now, follow me here. When he heard that Jesus had come down, had come out of Judah into Galilee, when he heard, what happens when he hears something? What happens? Faith comes, huh? He heard that Jesus, so faith came. He heard the word. Jesus is the word. He heard the word. He heard that the word had come out. So faith rose up in him. And what did the faith do that rose up on the inside of him? He heard the word. So faith rose up. What did he do? He went. He acted. It immediately acted. When faith came, he went into action. And he went to Jesus. He said, listen, I can't wait for Jesus to come home to Capernaum. I've got to go see him. He went because his son is at the point of death, or they are expecting his son to die. Now, understand that when he went to Judea and to Galilee, this is about a 15 to 20 mile trip. 15 to 20 mile trip. They don't have uh, nice Lexuses back then. They don't have a helicopter back then. There ain't no train. Amtrak ain't back then. American Airlines ain't there. They, they, they don't got a boat. Well, they have some boats, but they're not, not like a speed boat, you know. He had to go on foot. And so this man is going to Jesus, who's about 15 to 20 miles away. Now, I, I walk on the treadmill, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I walk about maybe on the treadmill, probably a little less than 10 minutes every half a mile. That's my walk. A half a mile is about, let's just say it's 10 minutes for a half a mile on the treadmill, um, now, unless you, Josh and Jeannie Burgess, you know, I mean, you, you're walking a whole lot faster than that, okay? 
uh, the triathlons there. But, and so let's say it's 20 miles there. And so, you know, it takes him 20 minutes to walk a mile. And so we got about 400 minutes. So we're talking about six or seven hours. One way to get to Jesus. He's walking to Jesus. His son is sick. Imagine your child sick. Your loved one is sick. But you heard about Jesus. You heard about the word. And faith rose up in you and caused you to act on it. And so he's headed to Jesus. And look at verse 48. He arrives, Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Or essentially he's saying you only believe if you see something. But look at verse 49. Verse 49, the nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my son dies. Look at verse 50. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. Let's pause there. The man goes to Jesus. Jesus says, you people ain't even going to believe unless you see something. (laughs) The man didn't let that turn him away. The man said, come, Jesus, come, come and heal my son. Jesus turns to him and says, go. The man said, come. Jesus said, go. The man said, will you come heal my son? Jesus says, go. And this is interesting because many of us would have argued with the word, (laughs) argued with Jesus. Today, there are many people that argue with the word. They just sit there and argue with the word. The word is very clear, but they argue with it. And many of us would have said, but Jesus, you don't understand he's sick. I need you to come. I'm asking you to come. And Jesus says, go. But I love this man because when Jesus tells him to go, he doesn't argue with him. He doesn't debate with the word. He doesn't try to try to figure out, well, did he really mean come or should I wait for him or should I convince him? Should I offer him some money? No, no. He just believed the word. He simply took the word and believed it, but he didn't just believe it. He acted on what he believed because he went his way. Now think about this for a moment. Many of us say, oh, I believe the word, but our actions don't line up with what we say. Oh, I believe God's going to take care of me, but I got to go out and get a third job. Your actions are not lining up with what you're saying. Oh, I believe God's going to protect me from uh, this virus out there. But if but if I if I just, you know, if I just run out the house and, and I ran into somebody, I didn't have my mask on it. No, 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 no. If you feel comfortable, wear that mask. But trust the word that you know what? Nope, nope, nope. Even if I miss the mark, make a mistake. If I go out and God told me, even if I miss it, the word says it shall come near me. I'm not going to be dumb, but I'm going to trust the word more than I trust a mask. I'm going to trust the word more than I trust science. I'm going to trust the word of God more than I trust what everybody else is saying. Don't trust the mask. Trust the word. Now, wear the mask. Wear the mask. Don't, I am not telling people don't wear their mask. But the mask is not what's protecting you. It's the word that's sustaining you. Hallelujah. And so this man believed the word and he went his way. 
he believed the word. Before he saw any evidence, he believed the word. Before he saw any evidence, he believed the word. Before he saw any evidence, he believed the word. Many of us are waiting to see the evidence before we act. Well, I'll act when I see this take place. I'll act when I see that happen. I'll act when this happens. And, and, and you know, I'll act when my bank account is full. Then I'll go ahead and act on that. No, 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 no. He believed the word and he acted on what he believed he heard from God. This is what faith is all about. Faith feels like a risk. Faith feels like a risk. Faith feels like a risk. I remember when, uh, I mean, the Lord's asked me to do, a, 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 I feel like a lot of <laughs> what feels like a risk, but I, I I remember just thinking like, God, if I fall out of my face, people are going to laugh at me and make fun of me. And, and, and they've been waiting for me to fall on my face anyway. You're going to give them a reason to because you're asking me to do this. And, you know, all they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're ready to say, I told you so. I told you so. And Lord says, trust me. Trust me. Take a step. Watch me. Observe me. I'll be there for you. And every single time that I've heard from God, listen, and confirmed that word and taken the step that God's asking me to take, he's never disappointed me. Amen. Not one time, not one time have I been disappointed when I'm truly acting on what I believed I heard from God. So verse 50, he says, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way before there was any evidence in verse 51. And as he was now going down, this is a process. As he was going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Now pause there. As he was acting on what he heard from God. I suspect the man didn't start sprinting back home. He got a word from God. Your son lives. Go home. As he was going home, I suspected he strolled back home. <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm going to take a little time going back home because I got a word from God. God said my son lives and I'm going to get back home and I'm going to take my time. No need to rush back home. I'm going to take my time. There was one particular time I got a call and this, and this man um, called me and, and he, was in the, he was in the hospital and he got a bad report. And, and this particular individual, you know, he was already in the hospital. They said, they're rushing me to the emergency room. And I started, I started, oh, gosh, I'm coming to see you. And I started throwing stuff around. I started kicking stuff. I was like running around rapping. I got to get to the, I got to get there. And the Lord said, slow down. I was like, oh, he said, everything's going to be all right. That's a word from God. That's what I needed to hear at that moment. I slowed down. So I said, okay, let me go and put a little something in my belly. Let me go ahead and get, make sure my hair is combed, make sure I look presentable. You know, I was going to run out there with some gym shorts on. You know, I was headed out there in my PJs. Slow down. And the Lord spoke, everything's going to be all right. So I slowed down. I got there, and guess what? Everything was all right. When you get a word from God, it takes the fear out of everything, too. Hallelujah. When you get a word from God, faith increases, and now you can walk on the word of God. 
in verse 51. And as he was now going down, a servant met him and told him, saying, your son lives. 52, then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left. Verse 53, so the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed, watch this, and his whole household. So the son comes back. I'm sorry, not the son. Um, the servants come back, say, your son is living. Everything's going to be all right. He said, when did that happen? The same moment Jesus said, go. I submit to you, when Jesus tells you to do something, it's already done then. You have to start walking it out. It's like God is not preparing the promise for you. He's preparing you for the promise. Let me say it again because I don't know if you got it. God is not preparing the promise for you. He's preparing you for the promise. And that's where the process, as he went, he's preparing this man's heart to receive the promise. And the man believed him. He went from faith, one level of faith, to another level of faith. You know, your faith can increase. In Scripture, it talks about little faith, no faith, uh, great faith. I mean, your faith, there's levels of faith. And we can always increase in our levels of faith. This man went from faith to faith because he believed the word of God. His son lived. And not only did he believe, his whole household believed. And imagine the prestige that this man had because he is a nobleman. He's a politician. Imagine now the voice that this man has to get up behind a microphone and now say, you know what, Jesus, or let me say it this way, the word healed my son. My son was sick, but the word healed him. My son was on his deathbed, but the word healed him. My son was too young to go, but Jesus and the word healed him. Now we're talking about impact of thousands of folks. Glory be to God, because this man acted on what he believed he had heard from God. And the word of God was powerful enough to change and rearrange a situation in someone's life. Listen to me now. I want you to hear this. Your faith has the ability to overcome any adversity that you are going through right now. Any difficulty, any opposition, it is your faith in God that will cause you to be victorious. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.